0: Day 19. Posted August 22nd, 2002, 1.42 a.m. I'll never forget the look on Paul Eor's face as he stood in front of the console, listening to the playback of yesterday's percussion solo over production debacle. I wasn't quite sure whether Eeyore was going to throw up, pass out, cry, or start laughing hysterically, but he could have easily made the transition to any one of those reactions. Eeyore decided to stop the tape around the time the maracas began their incessant chattering. He turned in a slow, methodical fashion, like a mannequin on a turnstile, and he gazed at me with absolute marvel in his eyes. Then he became animated again. Is this a joke? He asked me as he held out his hands like one would to carry a folded blanket. I take it you don't like it. Dumbass. Zimbale. Tim. Timbale. Shake. Zither. couldn't have picked a more perfect moment to enter the room where his goal to get chewed out by someone who despised him. What the fuck were you thinking? Eeyore asked as he turned his attention toward Dumbass. What did I do? These percussion parts suck. Who the fuck puts a timbali on a shuffle? I was wondering that myself, but then the answer stood before me. I think he's planning on muting the woodblock. I said without thinking. I was sorry the moment I said it. Fortunately for me, there was no backlash for my poorly timed smartass remark as they both chose to ignore me. Dumbass and Polly proceeded to get into it, and I exited stage left. I was hanging out on the patio eating a chocolate muffin... Not wanting Willie to walk in on the scene unprepared, I attempted to tell him mid-chew that Eeyore had heard the percussion parts. Willie smacked his forehead with the palm of his hand so hard that he left a red mark. He leaned back as if he were in excruciating pain that I had gathered was caused by the excessive force of the smack. Then I realized that Willie's expression of pain wasn't as a result of the smack, but rather from the ramifications of a missed detail. I totally forgot to warn Eeyore, he whined, still wincing. I told Willie he'd better get a fatty and get in there quick because Eeyore was tearing dumbass a new asshole, and I didn't think dumbass was going to take it anymore. With that, I now knew just what to say to Willie were we ever to participate in an inter-studio relay race. Willie bolted to the control room, and I, not wishing to miss anything, followed close behind. When we got back to the control room, Eeyore was on his way out, and without a word, he split. Dumbass was bright red in the face and sitting on the couch in silence, with his arms and legs crossed. Willie, Dumbass, and I sat in the room in silence for approximately five minutes. Finally, I got up to get a glass of water, and on my way out of the room, I was handed a message slipped by the runner. It was from Jeremiah Weasel, and the note was for Willie. It said... To Willie's show from Jeremiah Weasel. Please call. Urgent. I abandoned my water run and dispensed the slip to Willie, who glanced at it briefly, crumpled it up, and threw it toward the trash can. He missed. Dumbass split without saying a word. Since nobody was in the room, I took the opportunity to ask Willie about Jeremiah's pending visit. Will Jeremiah be coming over soon? Not if I have anything to do with it. I decided to leave it at that as Willie didn't seem to be in the mood to discuss it. After Dumbass had calmed down and re-entered the room, Willie had a heart-to-heart with him about the percussion. Willie selected his wording carefully, telling Dumbass that the Timbales brought the song to a place that he wasn't envisioning. Willie put in the obligatory stroking by telling Dumbass that the percussion parts were very creative and interesting, but that the record label was looking for something a little more straight ahead. He told Cotton that the rock radio might not play a song that had timbales on it, and that Radio Airplay was of great concern to the label. It was a great speech, and Dumbass seemed to be buying it. Well, what do you envision on this song? At the moment, nothing. Dumbass questioned Willie for a while longer, like a child asking why he couldn't have a dog, and then seeming somewhat dejected, he split. Great. There was nobody from the band at our session. Fingers moseyed on through the control room with the hood up on his parka, as if he had just entered the Hungarian Farmer's Club from a dog sled race in Barrow, Alaska. His parka smelled a little like pee to me, human, not dog, but I didn't say anything to him about it. Willie and I followed Fingers to his shitter and listened to the edited takes. Willie approved one and gave Fingers some changes on the other two. By evening, Johnny had arrived, warmed up, and was ready to sing. If you love me like I love me, baby, we can fall in love. If you love me like I love me, we can fall in love. Love me. Love love, love me. Willie was controlling the tape deck, so I lay in my favorite spot, the couch in the back of the room. The back of the room is great because it acts as a bass trap due to the wall. When you lie there listening to music, it's really bass-heavy and relaxing. Hence the term bass trap. Sometimes, if everything is going smoothly in a session, or if the producer wants to run the deck, I like to go to sleep back there. So that's what I did. I was awakened from a dream state in which I was in a hot-air balloon with Dumbass and his set of timbales. Dumbass was freaking out because he had a fear of heights. I was marveling at the fact that someone with a fear of heights would actually get into a hot-air balloon when Dumbass began repeating It's too fucking high! It's too fucking high. It's too fucking high! And then I woke up. It's too fucking high. It was actually Willy saying it's too fucking high that had somehow permeated my dream. After a moment, I finally understood what was going on. The song was in a key too high for Johnny to sing. This sort of problem happens all the time, certainly more often than it should. Singers can get very stubborn about what key they sing a song in. There is definitely some validity to their stubbornness, as changing the key can drastically alter the feeling of a song. Unfortunately, if one can't sing the song in the key chosen, then where the recording process is concerned, that point becomes moot. As it turned out, Johnny McMyway didn't want to lower the key of the song because he felt the song sounded better at the top of his range. That may be, but not today it didn't. I told him this song was too high. Willie vented out of earshot from Johnny, who was still in the tracking room. Willie now had his face in his hands with his elbows on the console clearly dejected by this revelation. That statement told me that this topic had been discussed before. Johnny wasn't willing to take Willie's suggestion to lower the key. Usually if you get into the studio and the singer can't hit the notes, it's not because he can never hit those notes, but rather because he sometimes can hit the notes. That causes the singer to be overconfident and misjudge what his true range is. A singer's true range is what he can always sing, even if you happen to get the singer on a day where he can just about make the notes, many times the singer ends up sacrificing a good performance as a result of the brain power being allocated towards hitting the notes. When it's finally discovered that a song is too high for the singer, there are several options. The key can be lowered using a function called very speed on the tape deck, which allows me to speed up or slow down the rate at which the deck plays the tape. If you slow down a tape with recorded music, the pitch goes down. The problem with this is, if you end up slowing the tape down too much, the quality of the voice can degrade upon playback at normal speed, causing the singer to sound like the chipmunks. Another disadvantage to this method is that the tempo of the song is slowed down during the performance, and sometimes that can make the song just as difficult for the singer to sing. In that case, you are merely trading one problem for another, which rarely helps the cause. If slowing down the tape doesn't work, then retracking the harmonic instruments in the new key must be considered. The harmonic instruments like guitar and bass and keyboards can be retracked so long as the drums work in the new key. I'd say 99 times out of 100, the drums work fine, so long as there's no bleed from the other instruments. Let me repeat that last sentence. So long as there's no bleed from the other instruments. If retracking isn't an option, the singer can try again another day, preferably on a day that he can hit the notes with relative ease. Or, Willie could have him sing several takes of another song to really loosen up the vocal cords and then attempt the song that's too high again. If our goal was to continue recording, it seemed our only viable option was to slow down the tape, and that's just what we did. But Johnny was getting frustrated and couldn't sing the song at the new tempo. Willie went into the lounge and grabbed Eeyore's bottle of Maker's Mark whiskey. I guess Willie figured he might get a take if Johnny got liquored up. Since Johnny Rhythm didn't like singing to the song slowed down, we put the song back to its original tempo and pitch. Johnny pounded two full shots of Maker's Mark straight away and sang down a take. Between each of the first three takes, Johnny took another shot of whiskey, which made five shots in less than half an hour. I'm not sure that's what Willie had in mind, because not only was Johnny getting blasted, he still wasn't hitting the high notes, and he was beginning to slur his speech, even in song. After the fourth take, Johnny pounded another shot and promptly pronounced that he needed to puke, so I quickly escorted him to Fingers' bathroom, where he commenced a short prayer to the porcelain god. Fingers crossed his arms over his chest and turned toward me. He continued as he reached to cover his nose with his shirt, (laughs) and it did smell. Johnny Lush went to sleep it off on the couch, and Willie listened to the vocal takes. Before I went home, Willie decided that he would need to relay bass and guitars on this song, as the song was without question in too high a key. I pointed out to Willie that the whole band played in the same room, and with the bleed on the drums, changing the key of the song wasn't really an option. Willie made the only decision he could under the circumstances. We were to retract the song in its entirety tomorrow. I must be getting used to the idea of taking two steps back for every one step we take forward, because no matter how great today's setbacks may have been, I could take great solace in the fact that we had accomplished what I had hoped for, more than anything else. We had a plan. Mixer Man.